Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our weekly Bible study. It's the Corey Green. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, so I'm going to open up in prayer, and we're going to jump right on into today's lesson. Father God, we come now, we give him glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, God, for the word that shall go forth on this evening, O oh God. We know, O oh God, it shall accomplish what you set it out to accomplish. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, touch our heart to receive this word, O oh God. It may take root in our lives. We come against any distraction of the enemy, any seeds that he may try to sort of try to snatch his word. We blood block it in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, you be glorified, O oh God. Let your glory come upon this Bible study right now, O oh God. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, so uh, last week uh, we were on part six uh, of our series, uh, Defeating the Demonic Strongman. Uh, and we talked about uh, establishing uh, legal rights. Uh, and of course, we said how when you're dealing with demonic strongman and spiritual warfare, uh, uh, the spiritual battle with our weapons. Uh, it's, it's, it's just as much a spiritual battle with, with our weapons as it is also a spiritual legal battle. So the legal battle uh, is just as significant as uh, uh, the battle on the actual battlefield with our weapons. So so understanding the legal rights uh, in both parties look to express uh, uh, exercise their legal rights, our side and the demonic side trying to exercise legal rights. So uh, and we said again how we know Satan is, is a legalist. He's trying to get a ruling in the courts of heaven against us. Uh, as to why we shouldn't have a legal right. And of course, we go to the code heaven uh, to get legal rights uh, to uh, ensure uh, that we, we we win every case. Because again, it's set up in our favor, but we still have to show up to court. We have to show up to court uh, through prayer. So we take our cases to the courts of heaven. Uh, and of course, knowing that God won't go, go against his word. Um, and understanding it, we, we, the, the verdict in heaven, in the courts of heaven, is our legal right. It's our legal right to go and, and destroy the enemy, our legal right to go and take territory from the enemy that rightfully uh, uh, belongs to us. And so and so understanding uh, the importance of uh, knowing your legal rights, knowing knowing the, the, the word of God, uh, et cetera, uh, because there's some work, some legal rights we already have from Scripture. Uh, and then we just went into we talked a little about Job and the legal right that Satan found with Job. Uh, so if you missed that last week, you can go back and watch that replay or listen to that replay uh, from last week. All right. Uh, so today we are on part seven, part seven of our series, Defeating the Demonic Strongman. And today we're going to talk about, uh, and next week, we're going to talk about exposing the strategies of the strongman, exposing strategies uh, of the strongman. And so and so we understand again that uh, just as uh, we as godly strongmen must be strategic, we know that demonic strongmen are strategic. They, they have a plan. They have a plan. And nothing happens by accident. There's no such thing as an accident. There was a plan in place. There was a demonic power in place who planned it, no matter how small it may seem. So you 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 weren't in a car accident by by mistake. It wasn't an accident. That fall didn't happen by mistake, by accident. And yes, there's some things that, that can occur through self-will or not taking care of certain things. But more often than not, the accident was not self-imposed. The demonic strongman wants you stopped at every turn. At, at every turn. S- simple as that. They, they want it. They, 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 they want you blocked and stopped at every single turn. And, 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 and the pettiness of the enemy, the pettiness can become unreal at times as, as to how much the enemy really pays attention to. They, they pay attention to every little thing. The more the more of a threat you are, the enemy's paying attention to every little detail. And all eyes are literally on you, and they're gonna they continue to watch you rise while they fall. But things you would think they don't care about, they care about only because you care about it, only because they're being petty. But we have to keep showing up. We start being obedient to God. So, so, so the enemy wants to distract you. They want to weary you. Let's go to Jeremiah twelve. 
Jeremiah 12, verse 1. Uh, and then we're, we're going to read verses 5 to 6, and then verses 16 to 17. Jeremiah chapter 1. I mean, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 1. It says, righteous are you, O Lord, when I plead with you. Yet let me talk with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? Verses five to six. If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? For even your brothers, the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, they have called a multitude after you. Do not believe them, even though they speak smooth words to you. Verses 16 to 17 in Jeremiah chapter 12. It says, and it shall be if they will learn carefully the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then, then they shall be established in the midst of my people. But if they do not obey, I will utterly pluck up and destroy that nation, says the Lord. So in this passage, again, we find Prophet Jeremiah. We know he was given a very unpopular message. It wasn't popular at all uh, uh, to a people who were disobedient, who were rebellious. And then Jeremiah was prophesying the truth, prophesying what God, what God gave him to speak. He was prophesying God's judgment that was coming to Judah because of their idolatry. They were worshiping false gods and their total disobedience and rebellion to God. So Jeremiah, through, through, by direct instructions from the Lord, was urging them to repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn from this idolatry. Turn from this rebellion. But then there were false prophets who were saying that everything's fine, everything's okay, oh, nothing to worry about, you don't need to be concerned about that. They were saying the exact opposite. They were saying the exact opposite. And then, and then even now, how the enemy operates, craftiness is stuff like this. You know that you're on the right path. You know you're seeking God. You know you're chasing after God. Your prayer level is on a whole nother level. You, you've, been, you've been following this ministry long enough. Your, your warfare is on a whole nother level. You, you, you're praying. You're warring more effectively. But then as we folks who come on the scene, they'll be like, oh, I don't have to do all that. All, all that praying, all that warring, yada, yada. So, so, so they're going to come in. But, well, you don't have to do all that praying. You don't have to do all that warring. Just believe God. Well, it sounds good on the surface, but you're in a fight. And then they'll come with you where well, well, the Lord will fight your battles. No, the Lord, will, I say all the time, that's one battle strategy. Some battles the Lord will fight for us. Most battles he will fight through us. We understand that basic premise, right? And so, so, but then the, the, there'll some who come in and, and they'll start just, just, just sowing little seeds. Jeremiah was speaking the truth, but then they come, other folks say, nope, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And, and and so you you so so you're going the right direction, and they say, oh, you you don't have to do all that warring, you don't got to do all that praying, oh, you too extreme, oh, you doing that, et cetera, et cetera, trying to sow seed because the enemy is trying to get you to shut up, the enemy is trying to get you to relent, the enemy is trying to get you to slow down, so they will try to use people close to you even to try to get you. That's exactly what's happened with Jeremiah. His own family was telling him this, his own friends was telling him this. Not to mention the false pro other false prophets who are out there saying the exact opposite. And so the, the enemy will either use people to try to say the exact opposite of what God is telling you to try to confuse you, to try to frustrate you, to try to make you feel like you're crazy. And it'll seem like it's so many people now trying to tag team up on you. Then it's like, well, Lord, what's going on? But that's a strategy of the strong man. They know your threat level. So they're going to try to pile up, try to try to get as many people as they can to come against you, to try to sit opposite when you know what God is saying, what God is leading you. That's a tactic and a strategy of the strong man. So Jeremiah was dealing with this exact same thing. And not only that, but this word Jeremiah had to give, guess what? It offended folks. And we dealt with this last week on the uh, on Bible study. I mean, on a prayer closet. Dealing with that spirit of offense. They were offended by this word. They were offended. They know everything's fine. Now, y'all living in sin. You're living in disobedience. Oh, Jeremiah's judging us. He thinks he's better than us now. Oh, you oh, you all that now. You, know, you, you think you're better than us? You got you sin just like the next man. You know, you heard stuff like that. that, that people are trying to get, get comfortable in their sin and they're justifying it. Oh, you judging me. 
You judge me again. It's a sensitive culture. That was, this is agenda of the enemy. You, you, oh, oh, you, you judge me. You got, got folks afraid to say anything because it looks like they're judging them. And then there's whole, these whole movements and these whole organizations trying to protect their right to be offended. Trying to protect their right to be offended. Trying to protect their right to keep biting the bait of the enemy. And you trying to bring some truth of the, of, of the word of God, trying to bring some truth of what God is saying, what God is showing, and they're shunning you away. It's a strong man behind that. That's an agenda of the enemy trying to get you to shut up, trying to get you to stop praying, trying to make you feel like you're all by yourself, trying to make you feel like you're all isolated. It's an agenda of the enemy to try to shut you up, to try to weaken you. So the strong man uh, uh, in this passage, the demonic strong man was trying to get Jeremiah to shut up. The strong man wanted to make the people think everything was fine. Jeremiah preached a message that wasn't popular. It, it wasn't a feel-good message. It wasn't a feel-good message. But Jeremiah still was obedient to God. Even when he wanted to quit, even when he wanted to turn around, even when he wanted to back down, the five God in him wouldn't let him quit. It wouldn't let him throw in a towel because he was obedient to God. You have to be obedient to God no matter what is being said, what is done. That five God in you, you got to keep going. You got to keep showing up. You got to keep remaining obedient because the strong man sees you coming. They know you're coming. They've been planning for you. They know you're coming. They know your threat level. That's why they're coming at you the way they're coming at you. They know you're on to them. You're sniffing them out. They know you, you're gaining ground. So they're trying to slow you down. They're trying to make you think you're crazy. They're trying to get folks to talk against you. They're trying to make you stop doing what you're doing. They're trying to get you to stop praying. They're trying to get you to stop fasting. They're trying to get you to stop chasing after God. They're trying to get you to stop uh, 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 doing all the things that God has outlined for you to be doing. They're trying to distract you. The strong man. This is what they're doing. And so Jeremiah had a complaint to God, though. He was like, Lord, it seems like the wicked are always prospering. But it seemed like he was suffering. That's what it seemed like. So now the enemy is trying to create a soul wound in Jeremiah toward God. Follow me now. Jeremiah was getting upset. Lord, now I've been praying. I've been obedient to you. Now what's taking so long for your judgment to come upon these wicked enemies? Why they look like they're still prospering? But I seem to still be suffering. I seem to still be isolated. I still seem to be by myself. More and more people are walking away, distancing themselves from me because of the message you gave me. And they're clinging to these false prophets. Because they got these itching ears. They want people to tell them what they want to hear. They want to feel good. They want to feed their flesh so their flesh can feel good. But to justify sin. To justify disobedience. To justify rebellion. When Jeremiah was delivering the word from the Lord that was, was being sent not to hurt the people but to help the people. Here you are sent to help people. And they're acting like you came to hurt them. Here you are on assignment. They don't know that some of the things that, that's opening in their life is simply because you are there, simply because you're on assignment, simply because you're in that place, simply because you showed up with God's glory, but they can't give credit to you for that. They can't, they, 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 they don't realize that God sent you there on assignment to bring his glory there. So the ones you were sent to help are now rejecting you, are now cursing you, are now getting mad at you, are now attacking you. Because you are doing what God's called you to do. But you can't bite that bait. That's what the strong man wants you to do. They want you to feel isolated. Want you to feel all by yourself. Want to beat up on you. To make you condemn yourself. To make you reject yourself. To make you be down on yourself. That's a tactic of the enemy to try to get you to stop. But you can't bite that bait. That's what the strong man wants. So Jeremiah felt it was taking too long for God's judgment to come upon the wicked. So Jeremiah was pleading his case in the courts of heaven. This wasn't the first time he went to the courts of heaven about it. He was pleading his case to God. He was complaining to the Lord because it seemed like it was taking too long for this judgment to come upon his wicked oppressors. Jeremiah was getting impatient. 
He wanted God to lead them out like a sheep that was about to be slaughtered. He was ready for them to be eliminated for the pain they caused him. They even mocked him saying it would that he wouldn't live long enough to see them see them coming to an end. They were mocking him. They were, they were mocking him. So, 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 so understand that the strong man wants you to be impatient. They, they want you to be impatient. They want you to grow impatient. They want you to look through your physical eyes. So that it appears that the wicked are prospering. You're struggling, you're suffering. And it looks like nothing's changing. So the enemy is trying to program, the strong man tries to program us to walk by sight. Well, because everything God creates, Satan tries to duplicate. So if the word of God says we walk by faith, not by sight, then the strong man said, what can I do to get them to walk by sight, not by faith? Because going by sight is going to can impact your faith. Hello? So put in this perspective now. So the strong man wants you to become impatient. They want to try to create a soul wound in you towards God so that it impacts your relationship with him, that it impacts your prayer life towards him, that it creates a wall between you and God. They want you to be mad at God. They want you to be blaming God for this didn't happen. That didn't happen. Look what's going on over here. They're prospering, but I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm doing all these things. But why is this still going on? Why hadn't this manifest yet? Why hadn't that happened yet? Et cetera, et cetera. So the enemy wants to keep doing that so they can keep going back to the courts of heaven, finding some legal right to keep causing the delay, to keep causing the issue, to keep causing the challenges because you got something in common with them. And they keep renewing that contract over and over and over again, over and over and over again. And you didn't realize that you were renewing a contract with the enemy over and over again. Because you're like, I didn't come in contract with the enemy, but the enemy knows those heart motives. And then they're taking that to the courts of heaven. Say, wrong heart motives, wrong heart motive, wrong heart motive. See, they're mad at you. See, they got a wound towards you, and they're not even trying to get healed from it. They're mad at you, and they're blaming you for it. But they, but then they know, but but the, and the enemy knows that you don't want to feel like you're upset with God, so you try to suppress it. The enemy loves you to suppress those wounds because now the enemy said, yeah, you got a wound toward God and you won't even come to grips with it because you know that. Well, I can't be mad at God. I can't feel disappointed with God. No, you got to let the Lord know. I don't want to feel this way, but I, I do feel some disappointment from you, even though I know it's not you. It's the enemy trying to lie to me, but it's what it's been making me feel. Lord, help me, help me heal my soul. But the enemy wants you to stay buried so that you do not recognize it or that you don't come to acknowledge it so they can keep using that wound as a legal right to keep bringing you back into covenant with them. That's what they do. To try to keep you coming back in covenant with them. But you, God can handle it. Take it to him. No, God didn't disappoint you. No, God didn't let you down. Is God all powerful, all knowing? Yes, but he didn't give the earth to, to him. He gave it to us. He said, I told y'all to rule. I gave you the earth. Psalm 115 and 16. Once again, I quote it all the time. The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he gave to you, humanity, to us. It'll be wild to get in heaven and be like, the Lord, better look at all that stuff you could have had, all that stuff you could have done, all that stuff you could have ruled and, and, and you were waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. I'm not going to go. God, please understand this. You got to hear me. God. It's not going to go against his own laws. You, let's just make that point and clear. God's got, you look through all the scripture. God is not going to violate his own laws. He's not. He's not going to do it. He's never done it. He's not going to violate his own laws. And the enemy knows that. Satan knows that. Strong men know that. That's why they can go to the courts of heaven based on the laws of the realm of the spirit. And the laws and the rules of engagement saying, oh, by the way, yeah, I know they're your children. And I know they have an advantage against us, even if they don't know that. But we know how you operate. We know the rules of the realm of the spirit. And you can't accept that offering. Because it's illegal. Look at their heart motives. Look what's in their heart. Look what's in their soul. So the enemy's like, well, we, we should still have access to this because look at those wounds in their soul. That gives us legal right. That's why we got to let the Lord do the surgery. So I'm showing you how the enemy renews contracts unknowingly. That's why all the time, like any unknown contracts, any hidden contracts, any any hidden covenants that you try to bring me into, I break it up. I renounce it. I destroy it in the blood of Jesus. I disconnect myself from it. 
So, so Jeremiah had a wound toward God. And, and that's another message for a whole nother day. But he did have a wound. And the strong man tries to create a wound. The strong man tries to, to create a wound in your soul against God. And they want to keep feeding it over and over and over and over again. Over and over again. That's a tactic of the strong man. That's a tactic of the strong man. So again, we got we got we got to say, Lord, shine a light, shine a light, shine a light. And so, so again, put in perspective now. And so we see in verse five, God had to check Jeremiah. He put things in perspective. God, God, God was like Jeremiah. Now wait a second. Now, if you can't run with foot soldiers. And you already weary from them. How will you fight against the horses? How will he fight against soldiers on horses? Just in the natural, horses alone on average, again, weigh 800 to 2,200 pounds. He's like, how are you going? If you, if you can't deal with these low level, in other words, if you, if you get weary for uh, 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 feeling worn down or getting wearing down from fighting some low level local town demon in his hometown that he was in, he was like, how are you going to fight against high ranking demons that are in Jerusalem? If you're dealing with these low-ranking demons and you're getting weary, how are you going to fight the strong man? How are you going to fight the strong man if you're still wrestling and, and getting worn out and worn down from these foot soldiers? Because Jeremiah was fighting a fight he didn't need to fight, actually. He was getting caught up in the wrong thing. He was getting caught up in law. When you go bring your judgment, when you go bring your judgment. Why does it look like they're happy? The wicked, they're treacherous people. They look like they're happy and having a good time. You know, I'm, I'm getting ridiculed. I'm getting ostracized. I'm getting cast out. You said you was going to bring judgment upon them. When, Lord, when, 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 when? So now he's getting upset with God and getting in pace with God. And that's what the strong man wants. Point at God. Blame God. That's what the strong man wants. The strong man wants you to blame God for problems. Are you following me? The strong man wants you to blame God for problems. Tactic of the strong man. Tactic of the strong man. They want you to get upset with God. But God had to check him. He said, wait a minute. If, you, if, you, if, if you're dealing with these foot soldiers, these footmen, and you're getting tired, how are you going to deal with those in Jerusalem? The foot soldiers in his hometown that he was in, Anatoth would not compare to the horsemen in Jerusalem. There was no comparison. So God was trying to prepare him for it. He was like, hey, you wearing yourself out for nothing. You, you stressing out for what? Do you trust me? Am I going to go against my word? Why? So, so now you doubt me. So guess what? When that happens, what you think the strong man going to do? Go to heaven. Well, by the way, uh, just so you know, uh, they don't really trust you. Yeah, they trust you over there, but they don't really trust you here. They don't really trust you here. So, where on one hand, we can go to the courts of heaven and present our faith as evidence. Faith is the substance of, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we cannot see. So, we can present faith as Evidence. But the enemy can present as evidence if we don't have faith in a situation. It can work both ways. So, therefore, we need to walk by faith, live by faith. And then again, we see here again in verse, uh, verse five talking about that how you do in the floodplain. Of the Jordan. How will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan? So the floodplain of Jordan or the swelling of the Jordan, some translations may say, mentioned in verse five, is talking about the extreme danger ahead. So the law is like, there's extreme danger ahead. That, 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 that's ahead of you. There's deep waters that's ahead of you. And here you can see your feet. You're not standing in no deep waters. You can see your feet. 
And you already complaining and moping and groaning and weary from these low level foot soldiers? You haven't even ran into the strong man yet. You haven't even gotten to the strong man yet who's trying to stop you. The strong man just sending these foot soldiers to weary you. And one strategy of the strong man is to try to get you so tired and weary from fighting the low ranking demons until you, you have no strength to fight the strong man. They want you to quit before you can even get to them. The strong man wants you to quit before you can even get to them. And in verse 6, Jeremiah's own family and other people in his hometown were even plotting against him. They thought he was crazy. They thought he was too radical. Some of you have been there, done that. That you're too radical. You're too extreme. And all you're doing is obeying the will of God. You know the kingdom of God is radical? What comes with the kingdom of God? Preaching the word, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, letting your light shine. Until when we start talking about the kingdom of God, not just saying kingdom of God, because there's some people who say kingdom of God, but ain't really talking about the kingdom of God. People talk about bringing the kingdom of God, but ain't really understanding what that means. The kingdom of God comes with preaching the word, healing the sick, raising the dead, and casting out demons. That language alone makes some people uncomfortable. That language alone makes some of the church uncomfortable. Yet that's what we were sent here to do, to bring God's kingdom, to bring more of his glory in this earth. That's why Jesus was so radical to some. Because he brought the kingdom. He wasn't just coming with no talk. He was coming with power. You're not coming with talk. You're coming with power. And it's backed by all of heaven. And you have nothing to apologize about. Nothing to feel bad about. The kingdom of God is radical. Therefore, if you bring the kingdom of God, you are radical. Your language is radical. Your faith is radical. And it only becomes radical because it's so uncommon to the flesh. It's so uncommon to religiosity. It's so uncommon to that religious spiritual system. It's uncommon. But it's exactly what Jesus did. And what do I say all the time? If we're not doing what Jesus did, what are we doing? What are we doing here? So we got to wake up and we are waking up and you are manifesting. Because it's going to be your job to go to the status quo and those who are lost. To help wake them up to the kingdom of God that's on inside of them. And it's going to be radical to the flesh. So here's Jeremiah's family thinking he's crazy. Friends thinking he's crazy. They don't like the word, ain't a popular word. It's not a feel-good word. They don't want to hear nothing but no judgment. They don't want to hear nothing but no repenting of sins. They don't want to hear that. Ain't much different like today's time. Repentance is not a popular message. They want they want an extreme grace message to justify sin. To make the excuse that, well, I'm going to sin anyway because I'm a sinner. No, you're not a sinner. You are you were a sinner saved by grace. So there's no way that if you saved by grace and you are a child of God, that you will go on continuing to sin. Jesus gave us the example of how he's supposed to walk. That's why he had nothing in common with the enemy. The enemy keeps making contracts and coming and renewing contracts because they find things in common with them. And sin is the most common thing they can find. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. So we have to continue to go to God, chase after him, so that all this stuff and gunk that's in us that's not of God is burned out so we can bring more of his glory. 
And so and so now the, the, the evil. Idolatrous priests who offered sacrifice unto Baal was also after Jeremiah. Some of the people uh, in his town would be witch because they were under witchcraft curses. And you know they're under witchcraft curses because they had they were worshiping Baal. There was an all-out demonic conspiracy and assault against Jeremiah. But the problem is that these Israelites, they were worshiping, trying to worship God and Baal. Think about that. They're trying to serve on both sides. But 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 what I'm learning and seeing, the scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. And, and there's a lot of witches. Who's been assigned to the church. That's what they're doing. They're trying to serve both. It don't work like that. God is a jealous God. You're not going to serve no. No. Try to serve God. And you will serve no idols. That's one of the Ten Commandments. You put no other God before me. Serve no other gods. Put away your idols. Get rid of them. That's contamination in the camp. So this witch's own assignment, carrying their Bibles around, quoting scripture. Well, Satan quoted scripture too. That don't make you special. It's living the word. Being the manifestation of the word. But then they go on at night, raising their evil altars, the same curses. To trap people, to get information from people. They didn't try to trap them, try to come against them, working for Satan. Pretend to serve God by day, work for Satan by night. And there's a lot of witches walking around who, who, who fit in that exact category. Dibbling, dabbling. Well, yeah, I love the Lord, but I'm still dibbling, dabbling. Witchcraft. And it's exactly what was going on during Jeremiah's time. There was an all-out demonic conspiracy and assault against Jeremiah's character and Jeremiah's life. The strong man was calling the shots. However, remember that God had already told Jeremiah it would be handled. But Jeremiah got impatient. Again, the strong man wants you to get frustrated and become impatient so that you start fighting recklessly without a plan and without a strategy. This plays into their favor because they have a strategy and they want us to bite their baits. And we see in verses 16 to 17, God was going to punish the invading armies who attacked Israel. Although he allowed them to attack Israel for their continual sin. Yet God was still. God was still going to punish the enemy armies. But they would be given a chance to repent if they gave up their Baal worship and obey God. But if they didn't, the Lord said, I'm going to completely wipe them out. Again, the demonic strongman wants you weary from battle. They want you fighting senseless battles. They want you to bite the bait. To fight every battle, they want you fighting every battle. Every battle is not yours to fight. Some battles you ought to ignore because it's a smokescreen. Other battles you ought to face head on. Other battles require different strategies. No battle is exactly the same. No attack is exactly the same. So in all things, in all things, we have to seek God. In all things, we have to seek God for strategy, for instructions, for direction. In all things, before you make any decision, you seek God. Ask God about it. Talk to God about it. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 17 to 18, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through 18. Again, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through 18. New Living Translation here. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, After we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. But Satan 
prevented us. So in this passage, Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica and he and other disciples, they, 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 they had caused so much damage to Satan's camp. They caused so much damage. So when people get saved, set free, healed, delivered. And in Satan, the strong man over all evil strong men didn't like it. And was working overtime to block Paul, Timothy and others from coming back to Thessalonica. They're like, no, no, we can't have them coming back here. So Satan personally got involved. Satan sent attacks and traps and lies, etc., to try to delay. Satan prevented Paul from physically going at the time. But we see that it didn't stop the impact Paul and others had on this community. It still continued to grow. And the Greek word in this passage, when Paul said Satan prevented them, when he said Satan prevented them again and again, it means to cut into, to impede, to hinder, to interrupt. The strong man wants to cut into the plans of God for your life. They want to step in, get in the way of it. They want to impede, slow down. They want to hinder. Buying time to hinder, to delay, and they want to interrupt what you're walking into, what you're supposed to be doing for God. They want to interrupt what God is sending you. They want to cause all type of shakeups, all type of issues. And so Satan tried to interrupt the plans of the disciples, of the apostles. But we too must interrupt the plans of our adversary. We too must interrupt, cut into, impede, hinder the plans of the adversary, the plans of our of the strong man that's trying to come up against us. And that's going to begin and end with prayer and knowing what strategy to, to employ and using your spiritual weapons when it's time to fight. But it begins and ends in prayer, even before you go on the battlefield. Strategy. So, again, the strong man, again, more more strategies of the strong man. The strong man will try to impede your progress and your prayer life. They will try to frustrate you. In an attempt to get you to abort the mission. They will try to sow seeds in your dreams to slow you down. So again, you send a fire of God to destroy those evil altars that's working against you in your dreams. And Apostle Paul and those with him did not quit. They did not allow the attacks of the enemy. They did not allow the attacks of Satan to stop them from establishing the kingdom of God. They didn't let it stop them. And Satan knew what, what Paul was up to. And all the damage that was caused. And even uh, in our last passage with Jeremiah, God was saying, Jeremiah, there's a whole bigger plan that the strong man has. You haven't even got to the real plan, the strong man. These are things the strong man is doing to distract you, to hinder you, to slow you down. But you about to go into some deep waters over there. I'm with you, but you need to be understanding that if you get away from this, you're going to really be worn out for the fight over there. But you're going to have to fight it because I gave you the power to do it. Hello. There's some things the Lord knows. The Lord knows all that. He knows certain things are coming. He sees what the enemy's plotting and he's trying to reveal to us and show us. So we prepared for it. So we know how to handle it. But but he's saying, look, I'm helping you navigate this thing because I'm not getting off my throne now. I need you to go ahead and handle this. I, you got my power. You got the authority of Christ. Holy Spirit is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. My glory you carry. You have more than enough to handle this. Satan knew what Paul was up to and all the damage that he caused. So Satan didn't send a witch. He didn't send a warlock, a source, or a demon at this point. He showed up to try to handle it himself. The more damage you cause in Satan's kingdom, the more attention you get. That's not a bad thing. Too many are trying to avoid trouble. By minding their business, not realizing that what's going on in your territory is your business. What God has assigned you, it is your business because it's God's business and his business is our business. Hello. And then you know the whole thing. Oh, you're, you're doing all this talking about warfare and the demons and witches. And if y'all doing all this talk, you're glorifying Satan. No, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're, we're exposing the plans of the enemy because whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, just because you ain't talking about it, ain't mean the enemy still, ain't going to still try to fight you. And plenty of ones who ain't talking about it is, is, is the moment something pop off, going to be scared and running. 
This is to empower you to expose the enemy, to know what the enemy's up to, so you can know what to do about it. Not sit twirling your thumbs, talk with the log and fight my battle. Was well, we a lot of missed opportunity and a lot of battles lost if you sitting there waiting for the Lord to fight all your battles. A whole lot of battles gonna be lost because he ain't getting off his throne. Some battles God will fight for you, most battles he will fight through you. One of the biggest misconceptions in the body of Christ. Whole bunch of people wait for God to do everything. He's already done everything. He ain't doing nothing else. He's done it all. The earth is ours to do his will, to bring his kingdom. If God was going to do it all, what's the point of him sending you on earth? What's the point of him sending you from heaven to come on earth if he was going to do it all? What's the point of him telling you to bring his kingdom on earth if he was going to do it all? What's the point of you bringing his glory on earth if he was going to do it all? What's the point of him giving you weapons of warfare if he was going to do it all? What's the point of him telling you to fight the good fight of faith if he was going to do it all? Need I continue to go down the list? What's the point of him saying you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus if he was going to do it all? He's given us what we need to do it all. Because as far as he's done, concern is done. So as Christ is concerned, it's finished. We have to execute the victory. We the hands and the feet. We the eyes and the ears. We are to execute what's already done. We're here to bring his kingdom. But we're waiting on God to bring his kingdom? No. We're bringing God's kingdom. We're ambassadors of heaven. We represent heaven and we bring heaven on earth. Need I give you more example? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. Where's God at? Heaven. Third heaven. Where we are on earth. First heaven. Oh, I have to bring it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I have to manifest what's in heaven down here on earth through the power. And that's why you gave me the power. That's why you gave me the authority. That's why even going back to the garden, you give Adam and Eve dominion in the garden. And they gave it up. Amy found a legal right. Hello. So put this perspective. So we have to take our responsibility. And I'm saying this to say that most of you by now should be grasping that. But there's folks who you will be encountering. Who's going to try to oppose that. That's going to try to oppose you. But you got to keep showing up and keep delivering the mail and keep carrying out your assignment. You can't get caught up in what people say. What they think, their thoughts and opinions when you're being obedient to God. Simple as that. And so, no, we're not glorifying the enemy. You expose the enemy and understanding how your enemy operates because they study you and how you operate so that so that they can try to have a successful attack. So we got to start running from hell and start confronting hell. Hello. Not talking about the enemy is not going to make the enemy not mess with you. Now, the enemy laughs when people just think that the enemy's not doing all the stuff that the enemy's doing. The strong man enjoys that because the strong man wants the church to remain ignorant. If you're a threat, you're a target. Simple as that. If you're not a threat, you're not a target. Simple as that. Because the enemy, I mean, some strong man done took on new assignments. Some strong men done took on new assignments because they did so much attacks early on in some people's life until they feel like I got them. They ain't going nowhere. They're they going to keep hitting the ceiling. They're, they're not going any further. Well, I'm not concerned about them. They're no threat. So then they're like, I don't have to. I can take on another assignment because I don't really have to watch them. I have the foot swords kind of watch them, but I can go take on another assignment. A more challenging assignment. You have the strong man's attention because of what you carry. And the reason is they started attacking early because they know what this person was supposed to become. What this person was supposed to accomplish in the earth. For the kingdom of God. Don't get caught up in material stuff. Think because someone got money and cars and houses and all this stuff that that means success. Not necessarily. It definitely don't mean success in God's kingdom. If it's not 
if he's not the one getting all the credit, all the glory, et cetera, et cetera. And even in that, there's something the enemy's like, I'm not even going to fight them in that. Because I know that they're not going to reach past their ceiling. Let them get, get be comfortable in their stuff because they ain't really causing the damage that they're supposed to cause. If they know what was written in their book of destiny, then that would be a bigger issue for them. Then that would be a bigger threat. But they're like, I don't care if you got a Cool. Now, yes, they want to fight us tooth and nail, hand and foot from having anything from God because they know that you're on to them. But there's some that Amy don't fight the strong man. It's like, I don't need to go. I don't need to work with them. Let them have that because, again, they're, they're going to be comfortable in that. And let them think they don't got a weapon, no demons. Let them think they don't need no deliverance. Let them think they don't need no soul healing. Let them think as long as they saved, they all good. They accepted Jesus Christ so no demon can get to them. They accepted Jesus Christ so they can't have no wounded soul. They accepted Jesus Christ so they completely shielded. And them demons automatically left the moment they got saved. They want the church to remain ignorant. Oh, no, I'm an apostle. I'm a prophet. I'm evangelist, pastor, teacher. Ain't no demon can get to me. They want the church to remain ignorant so they can keep running game and keep renewing them covenants with them over and over and over again. But that's not going to be our story. And we have to speak the truth and shine our light. Simple as that. So. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. Let the enemy try to target us. They better do their best because I'm telling you, there will be a response. And it's not always going to be us responding to them. We're going to be on the offensive. But they come for you, you come for them. But you seek God for strategy on how to deal with them. Because sometimes they're baiting you to try to get you to fight every little battle because they're trying to buy time for a bigger, bigger project they're working on against you. But your fire is greater than their fire. You want hell to know your name. Because it means that it because that's a reminder to them how many times you done defeated them. How many demonic harvests that they was waiting to, to come come to pass didn't happen for them. Think about how many we talk about past two prophecies. We talk about past two prophecies not happen, not coming yet, but it shall manifest. But think about things that the enemy sees, the enemy sown. Harvest the enemy was waiting for. And we snatched it and we shut it down and we canceled it. And they try to sow a seed again and they're hoping and they wait for this harvest. Well, maybe this will work this time. And then they get frustrated again because we intercept it and we catch it and we destroy it. They're frustrated. They don't want you to know they're frustrated. They want you to be frustrated. But really, they're the one who's frustrated because they've been working on so many things that hadn't worked. But, it's, but, but they want you to focus on not stop being consistent. Again, when you pray in war, you're causing more damage to the enemy that, than you can even realize. And you're causing more damage to them than what they cause, try to cause in your life. Please understand, there are some witches, warlocks, and sorcerers who have died because they couldn't kill you. So they had to die in your place. Satan killed them. In your place because they couldn't get you. Hello. Other witches warlocks have been have died and, and massacred because you put them in body bags. They messed with you on the battlefield and ran into that crossfire. Ran into them weapons. You're a warrior. Warriors fight. You're more than a conqueror. This warfaring ain't pretty and all sweet and nice and you playing patty pig. All right, devil, your turn. Patty pig. All right, come on. This, no, then you're doing no hopscotch and, and a little double dutch. This is a fight. This is a war. There's real bloodshed. There's real casualties. There's real territory being taken. You got to have a, 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 a warrior mindset, the mind of Christ. Hello? That's why they're trying to attack from every direction, attacking your dreams, raising the evil altars. If they know this altar seems to be working, raising against you, trying to use these altars to attack you in your dreams, using these altars to try to sow seeds in your life. So we got to keep feeding our spirit, man. Got to keep feeding the word of God. Got to keep praying. We got this. Let's go to our last passage. Acts 23. Acts chapter 23. Verses 12 through 14. 
Acts 23, verses 12 through 14. And again, that is going to be in the uh, New King James Version. And it says, and when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bowed themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now, there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. They came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great oath that we will eat nothing until we have killed Paul. So we see here, scripture, this is witchcraft in operation, a witchcraft network, uh, uh, literally a, a witchcraft network that they, that they formed. Uh, and so they were like, hey, we're going to kill Paul. We're going to kill kill Paul. And not, not only that, and so now look at this now. Now the strong man was trying to have Paul assassinated. It's not flesh and blood. The strong man was trying to have Paul assassinated. The strong man wants us dead. They want the vision God's placing us to be dead, and ultimately they want us dead. However, we have more than enough on our side to stop it. So the principality assigned to this particular region had begun to influence more people. More than 40 people and religious people at that made an oath not to eat or drink until they killed Apostle Paul. They made a vow, an oath that we're not going to eat nothing. We're not going to drink nothing. Until we kill Paul, they went on a fast, a demonic fast. Now, God made a way of escape for Paul, but you see how badly the strong man wanted to get him. You see how badly they wanted it. There are witch and warlocks who badly want to get a child of God that they will not eat or drink in the attempt to gain more power from Satan or to show their commitment to Satan. They went on a fast. The enemy went on a demonic fast to try to stop Paul. Think about that. The enemy will go on a demonic fast to try to stop you. They said they weren't going to eat. They were determined we're not going to eat nothing no matter how long it takes. We got to starve ourselves. Demonic fasting. And, you know, in witchcraft, someone can go out, witch warlocks, whoever can go out uh, uh, to the sun, the moon, the stars, and they can say somebody's name. And they can go to the earth, the waters, whatever, and present a picture. And do the little evil incantations in, in, in the earth or, or to the elements. And then the demons who operate in that realm will, 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 will attempt to go to work. They program the sun, the moon the cur with, with curses, etc. And I've taught on this in another series. But you got you have to speak to elements, the sun, the moon, the stars. Whatever's been spoken about me, because they'll say when the sun rises, let this curse come upon them. When the moon comes up, etc. That's why you, you've seen a lot of people they call it lunatics. You know, uh, uh, when full moons and all that stuff. That's 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 stuff that which is what sorcerers been doing for a long time, because they use the elements. But you speak to the sun, the moon, whatever curse. Hasn't programmed you against me. I cancel it and let it ricochet back on the head of the one who sent the curse. Let it be canceled. By the blood of Jesus. These folks was literally not going to eat. Until they tried to kill. It didn't work. But they, 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 they was trying to trap them. But, but that, that plan was exposed. It was exposed. And so again, we have the authority. We have the power. Given to us by God through Jesus Christ, we just have to keep showing up. And a strong man will continue to be exposed, 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 and more exposed. Well, this thing will become fun. Because all we do is win. Yeah, we under, we've accept, accept the fact you're in a warfare. That's it. Jesus said in this world, you can have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. It's a war. That's why he gave us, put us, put us, put on the whole arm of God. That's why he taught us our weapons of warfare are not carnal. It's a war. It's a, but it's fine. Jesus was in a war when he walked the earth. And you saw how he won. You saw the enemy thought he was finished. And he took the keys of hell and death. 
the keys. Snatched the keys from hell and set the captives free. You will be setting the captives free. As a godly strong man, think about all the damage the demonic strong man do. So how much more damage do you think as a godly strong man you're able to do? You got to keep showing up. Be persistent. Because don't throw in that towel. We win. That is, that is a guarantee. If you keep showing up in obedience to God, doing your part, you will win. Everything that's written in your book of destiny will manifest. But it's not automatic. That's this deception that Satan's putting in the church to try to make things it's just automatic and it's just going to happen. No, it's a real fight. And you got real spiritual weapons that you're going to have to use. But it's not to be afraid of. Don't be getting weary fighting with them footmen. Fighting every little battle that's because something thrown at you. Don't bite that bait. You see God. Do I fight this battle? What do I do in this battle? What's the strategy here? Because the strong man wants to weary you with the footman, with the low ranking spirit, so that by the time you get to them, you're too weary. If you even get to them as far as they're concerned, we're going to keep turning that fire up. No matter what strong man has been assigned to whatever area in your life, we got it. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, and we shall conquer and conquer and conquer and win and keep on winning. Amen. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Uh, the first call if you're not saved, Christ came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ came that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. So salvation is not the end. Please understand. Salvation is the beginning. You can't get it right without God through Jesus Christ. There's no way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. So if you're not saved, this is your opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. God's loving arms are wide open. He wants you back in, adopted back into the family of God. So if you're watching and you're streaming live, or watching a replay or listen to a blog podcast and you're not saved, this is your opportunity. You can simply repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the dead with all power in your hand. Father God, please forgive me of all of my sins, known and unknown. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I want to live for you. You belong to me. And I belong to you. You just say that for the first time. We welcome you. We celebrate. All the angels in heaven are celebrating and welcome you to the family of God. Amen. Glory to God. And you can also send an email to info at decorygreen.org. Info at decorygreen.org. Uh, you can get some more information on uh, to help you on your new walk. The second call is if you've been hearing the sound. You've been hearing the sound and you know that this is home. Holy Spirit has been leading you and pushing you and nudging you, but you haven't made that extra step because it still seems so different. No matter where you are across the globe. Yes, you're not meeting inside some four walls every Sunday, etc. But again, every Saturday, whatever day of the week, you're not meeting into the four walls every week. Uh, but when God is doing a new thing, you have to grab hold to that new thing that he's doing and the opportunity and the invitation he's given unto you to be a part of that. So if that's you. And you know this is home that I'm your spiritual covering, your pastor. You send an email to info at decorgreen.org saying you want to become a member of Upper Room Kingdom. Amen. So govern yourselves accordingly. Or maybe you uh, already have a church home and you're connected somewhere, but you still feel very much connected here. And I serve more somewhat as a mentor. You're getting supplemental word here, etc. Then you too can send an email to info at decorgreen.org saying you want to become a partner of Upper Room Kingdom. So that's either full membership or partnerships. Send an email to info at decorygreen.org. Amen. Uh, and of course, uh, remember tomorrow uh, we can continue on with our uh, our, our, um, our fast because we fast this entire month of January uh, as we continue tomorrow with uh, the focus for this week. Of course, the whole fast focuses. Uh, God said he's getting our house in order. He's cleaning house. Uh, but specifically, uh, the focus for this week is exposing um, hidden agendas. Uh, and wrong heart motive. So that's the focus on, on the prayer warriors prayer closet again at 6 a.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. Amen. So I will close out in prayer. Father God, we come now, God, to the end of yet another Bible study. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the word that went forth on this evening. We thank you, God, this word is taking root in the hearts and the lives of these, your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, I declare, oh God, that 
your spirit of peace will rest upon everyone under the sound of my voice. We send a heavenly host to go forth and clear the path and do war against any spiritual retaliation. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for exposing the works of the strong man, exposing some strategies of the strong man, oh God, as you continue to send us forward to advance your kingdom, to take territory, to establish your kingdom everywhere, to bring your glory everywhere that we go. We love you. We praise. We honor you, God. I declare our sweet sleep, oh God. I declare right now, God, that our eyes of understanding will continue to be open. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So as always, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is the core Green sign out. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.